I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Here we are, counting down to Christmas. Uh, last Sunday, we kicked off the Advent season. Of course, you know Advent means arrival, so we are celebrating the arrival, the birth of Jesus Christ roughly 2,000 years ago as he came into human history. And so we celebrate his arrival. Now, last Sunday, we began a new series. We said this. We said there are many enjoyable cultural aspects of Christmas. There are lights, there is wassail, there are chestnuts roasting on an open fire, candy, canes, presents on down the line. But even though all that is great, we know that there is myrrh. So much myrrh to Christmas. And again, I'm sorry uh, that you have to endure that clever pun all Christmas season, but I think it's just tremendous. I just can't help it. And last Sunday, I had somebody tell me, look, if you don't drop the pun, I'm moving my membership. And I just said, oh, dear. <laughs> I hope you know you'll be sorry. And I have the final sleigh here. So I'm going to stop myself, church. Uh, but we do want to remind you that there's so much murder Christmas. And what we're doing this year to remember and, and celebrate these, these truths is we're revisiting Christmas carols. And we are looking at some of the songs that we've sang for hundreds of years and the truths that they contain and how they, they point us to the meaning, the deep, deep meaning of Christmas. Uh, because the Christian faith has always been a singing faith. We express worship through music. We also learn timeless truths through music. And so this week, as you guess, we're going to be looking at that beloved Christmas carol. As we sang this morning, O Come All Ye Faithful, our, our praise team did a wonderful, wonderful job singing that song. But just to get into the carolology, just for a few minutes, and I figured I invented that word, carolology, the study of carols. Turns out there's a whole thing called carolology. Um, but to kind of get into the carol itself, O Come All Ye Faithful is an, an ad adaptation of a Latin hymn uh, known as Adeste Fidelis. Adeste Fidelis means come you faithful ones. And it was written by John Francis Wade somewhere around 1750. And so we've been singing this song for a considerable number of years. Now, when we look at the carols, obviously you notice a lot of overlap because they are all celebrating and singing about the arrival of Christ, about the birth of Jesus. But each song sort of takes it from a little bit of a different perspective and encourages us to think about certain truths. And here's what I love so much about Christmas and about the songs we sing at Christmas is it is such a celebration of the gospel message. It reminds us that we were separated from God and God came to us because we couldn't get to God. It reminds us that as people, we can be free from a past we can be free from our guilt, from our shame, because God drew near to us. What happened in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago changed everything. It changed the course of history, our calendar. It changed the world, but the thing that I am most thankful for is that it has changed me. 
And so this morning, if you will, we're going to jump into the song, O Come All Ye Faithful. We're not going to work through a text, but we are going to uh, look at certain scriptures that, that point out truth this morning. The song begins, O Come. And so it is an invitation. It's bidding the listener. It's asking. It's encouraging us to come. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to see we're going to start off thinking about this, that this song is an invitation, it says, oh, come all ye faithful, you joyful, you triumphant. And so this morning, as we begin, I want you to ask yourself, do those words describe me? Do I consider myself faithful? What about joyful? What about triumphant? And so this morning, for just a few minutes, this is what I want us to do. And this is not an, an easy task to do honestly, is I want us to peel back the layers in our own lives and I want us to allow the, the light of the Lord to shine deep into the recesses of our hearts and I want us to just kind of do a checkup and to ask ourselves, am I faithful? What about my joy? What about triumph? What about victory? I want us to examine our walk with Christ and so to begin, let's talk about am I faithful? Does the word faithful describe me as a Christian? To be faithful means to be reliable. It means to be devoted to something, unyielding, firmly planted. When I look at my life as a Christian, do I describe me as faithful? And we're going to revisit this some in a little while, but just asking the question, do I describe myself as faithful? Now, going to the Old Testament, when we think about the nation of Israel, and you know, you think about kind of how history has, has worked, how God has woven the course of history. Um, the nation of Israel was God's chosen people. This was going to be the nation from whom Messiah, Jesus himself, would come. But when we look at Israel's history, we see this, this vacillation. They had an incredible problem with faithfulness. They would seek after, chase after other gods. God would discipline them. Why would he do that? Because he loved them enough to discipline them and bring them back to God. When God disciplines us, it is an act of love that says, hey, you're going somewhere not good, Christian. And he brings us back to where we should be. But the nation of Israel would chase after other gods. They had a faithfulness problem. And sometimes we do this too. Do we not? Now, perhaps we don't chase after other named gods, but we chase after other things that certainly in our own lives compete with God. We seek after so many things that we think will bring us contentment. Often we worship the creation instead of the creator. Am I faithful? What about joyful? Does that word describe me? And if it doesn't, what is going on in my heart? Now, I understand this, sometimes our circumstances are not pleasant. Sometimes tragedy comes our way. Sometimes life really pushes in on us. And I know this just from talking to people and experiencing it sometimes myself. Sometimes this time of the year is a difficult season for many people and they struggle to find joy during these moments. Uh, sometimes this season reveals a loneliness that a lot of people have. Did you know for many, Christmas time is an incredibly lonely season. For some, it's being in college and being away from home and not having many friends there, and you just feel alone. For some people, it's experiencing a loss, and this sometimes we feel the deepest around the holidays because we're used to having time together as families. 
Uh, sometimes it's uh, perhaps we know we should be happy. We have every reason to be happy, but we just can't make ourselves feel happy. Maybe we're struggling in the moment to find joy, yet we have this invitation to come faithful and joyful. What about triumphant? Is that word describe me? What does triumphant mean? What means to be victorious? It means to, to win a battle. Maybe you don't feel triumphant. In fact, maybe you just feel beat down like you can't win for losing. Uh, perhaps there's something in your life, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul described a sin that so easily besets, so easily trips us up, that so easily entangles us. Maybe there's this constant battle in our life that we just can't seem to overcome and be triumphant in. Maybe you struggle with controlling your tongue and saying things you shouldn't say. Maybe you tear people down at times. Maybe uh, your anger frequently gets the better of you. Maybe you have secrets in your life that shouldn't be there. Maybe you continually lie to people that you love and you think, why do I do this? Maybe there's a secret sin that, that's brewing under the surface. Maybe you do things that you shouldn't to feel accepted. Maybe your battle is constant tension at home or maybe it's a child making poor decisions or maybe it's you struggle with people pleasing or maybe it's anxiety and depression. I know this, we all have our struggles. C.S. Lewis and some books that I'm rather fond of, some children's books, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia. In the second book, there's this, this story about the land called Narnia. And this evil queen has taken over the whole land and it stays covered in ice. And they describe it this way, that it's always winter and never Christmas. And maybe that's kind of what you feel like this year. That it's just winter, 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 it's just gloom and it doesn't feel like Christmas. Christmas. This morning, can I give you some encouragement today? Those moments where you feel like you're not faithful, or maybe you feel robbed of joy, or you feel anything but triumphant, there's something to remember. And this is going to sound so simple, but we're going to unpack it a little. What we have to remember is, is Christmas. The message of Christmas, we said there's so much more. The message of Christmas is that God drew near to us. We said, Oh, come all you faithful is a song about an invitation where God asked us to come. But there's another song that we sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. That song is an invitation too, but the other way. That was a song inviting, asking for Messiah, when will you come? And you see, God is all of these things. He is faithful, as we'll see in a few moments, but he's also joyful. That is to say, God's emotional state isn't tied to circumstances. Sometimes ours is, unfortunately, where we feel overwhelmed and tired and a lot going on in our lives, and we feel unjoyful. But God is always joyful. The Father delights in the Son, and the Son delights in the Father. And it pleases God to see people come to faith, and he enjoys, you heard that right, he enjoys being in relationship with us. God is also triumphant. That is to say, he has defeated sin and sorrow and death and he'll return again one day and all will be made right. He's victorious. He's the high king. But what I really want us to see this morning as a means of encouragement and as a means of knowing God's truths, if you're taking notes, this is our third thought this morning, that God is faithful. You know, there are times in my own life where I have to go back to this and be reminded that God is is faithful, that he's consistent, 
that he is reliable. Faithfulness is a very part of his nature. It's wrapped up into who he is. Now, we could spend weeks talking about just this one aspect, this, this, this um, you know, part of God's nature of his faithfulness. But this is what I want to give you quickly just six ways as a means of encouragement this morning to remember that God is faithful. And so the first thought is that God is faithful to keep his promises. And in fact, Christmas is an example of this because God promised, when you read the Old Testament, he promised there would be a day where Messiah would come. You look in the Old Testament, it all points to Christ. Let me read Isaiah seven fourteen to you. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. The fact that Jesus came, the fact that we celebrate Christmas is an example that God is a promise keeper. And in fact, it's interesting to me just to point this out that Jesus fulfills over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. When God says something, we can believe him because he's faithful to do it. How else is God faithful? Well, God is faithful to his own nature. What do we mean by that? I mean this, that God doesn't change. That God doesn't change. He is consistent. Malachi 3.6, it says this, for I, the Lord, do not change. James would say essentially the same thing in the New Testament. James 1.16, there's no variation or shadow due to change in God. That means God will not be different than what he has revealed to us. And when God showed us who he is, though in a limited way, he'll never become more because how could he? He is already maximally great and he will never become less because God cannot sin. Now, as people, do our moods change very often? Maybe you live, some, live with somebody whose mood changes a lot. I don't know. But our moods tend to sway and tend to change. But with God, he is consistent. He is faithful to his own nature. How else is God faithful? Well, he's faithful to do this to remind us of the true gospel. What's the gospel? Well, it's wrapped up in the Christmas story. The gospel is this, that God created a perfect, incredible, beautiful world he created the entire universe and he did a remarkable job because I enjoy so much of what God has created. But he created us as people and he placed us in paradise and by our own willful disobedience, we rebelled against God, causing uh, the world to fall under the curse of sin. And then in the fullness of time, what we celebrate as Christmas, God entered into humanity, he drew close to us, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, that you and I might experience his grace and his goodness and his love. And it tells us this, that for those who are in Christ, that one day there will be the second advent, the second coming, the returning of Christ, where we will worship God forever. Now, here's what we'll do if we're not careful. When we see it happen, we see it take place. If we're not careful, we will create a different gospel, our own version of the gospel. Perhaps it's a gospel that says, you know what, we can be good enough to get to God. Perhaps it's a gospel that says, well, you know, maybe certain sins aren't so bad and society accepts them so we can accept them too. Maybe it's that we aren't sinners, we're just misguided and we just need more information to learn how to do better. God is faithful in every page of scripture to remind us of the true gospel. 
I mean, we need to hear his gospel every day. How else is God faithful? Well, he's faithful to forgive us as sinners. God forgives sinners. That is the best news you will hear all year long. That is the Christmas present in itself. God is faithful to forgive us of our sins. And here's what I know. Every single one of us has a past. And all of us have things in our lives that we would prefer not be broadcast to all the saints at church. Yet God has come into our world to draw the lost to himself and to draw us into repentance. And as a Christian, he is faithful to forgive me every day when I miss the mark and I fall short. Let me read a verse to you. 1 John 1, 9 says this. It says, if we confess our sins, here's that word for today, that God is faithful, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess it, God forgives. The scripture says it's held against us no more. God's faithful to forgive. How else is God faithful? Well, he's faithful to help us overcome temptation. Now, if there's one thing that I've learned about being a human being, it's that sin is easy. You know, it is so easy to do the wrong thing. Why is that? Because we have a proclivity towards sin. It comes naturally to us. There's this persistent drawing to do wrong, to look out for me, to make my life about my own pleasure. And I tell this to my kids all the time. And anytime I get the chance to speak to students, I always say this, that sin is enjoyable. Is it not? Otherwise, why do we do it? It meets some need in our life, though it meets a need in an illegitimate way. And it's enjoyable in the moment, yet the, the consequences always come from that. But for Christians, here's the amazing thing, is in his faithfulness, God gives us a means to eschew temptation. Let me read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 to you. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, you're not struggling with something that no one else has ever struggled with. We all struggle with many different things. It says, God is faithful, there's that word, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you might be able to endure it. Now, a lot of people look at that verse and they misquote it, unfortunately, and they say this, that God will not give you more than you can handle. Let me ask you, church, have you ever been given more than you could handle? God will do that. And in fact, sometimes God will crush us with circumstances, but he is able to handle it. And I think sometimes our difficulties push us to God because he is able to handle those things. But what this scripture does tell us is that God will not put more temptation on us than we can handle. That is to say, there's always a way out. When you are in the burning building of temptation, God always provides a way, a fire escape to retreat or endure and escape. God is faithful even in the midst of temptation. How else is God faithful as a reminder? Well, God is faithful to stay with us. Now listen, I don't know what is on your plate, what you're going through right now. I do know this, that there is a, a hurt in every home. There's a heartbreak in every pew. But Christmas is the idea, the celebration that God came near to us. He binds up the broken heart. Let me read a couple of passages to you. This is Hebrews 13, 5. God says this, I will never leave you or forsake you. God won't tap out and leave you in your circumstances. God never moves away from us. And in fact, it's us that always move away from God. Romans 8, 38 and 39, Paul writes, 
For I am sure, certainty, that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depth, in case you don't get the message, he says, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, maybe this Christmas season, maybe you feel faithless that you haven't been doing what God has called you to do. Maybe you feel joyless and your circumstances loom large. Maybe you just feel defeated by certain things in your life. Maybe it feels like it's always winter and never Christmas. I want to remind you of this, that God is near. That he doesn't leave us as believers, that God is faithful and we are to be like God. So guess what? Paul would have us say this, as Paul frequently says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We are to imitate Christ. If God is faithful, guess what he calls us to as well? What does the song say? It says, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It's an invitation for us as well, but it says this. It says, oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Now, if you're, if you're taking notes, thought four is this. It's an invitation that maybe we need to go back to Bethlehem. And so we should ask this question first of all, have we ever been to Bethlehem in the first, first place? What do we mean by that? Maybe you need to come to Christ. Maybe there's never been a time in your life where you've placed your trust in the Lord. Sure, maybe you come to church or you have family in church. Maybe you were raised a Christian. Maybe you were even baptized, but you've never truly come to Christ. If that's you, today is your day. It says, oh, come. It's time to come to Bethlehem, though, for the first time. But for those of us that are in Christ, I want to read to you Matthew 6, 33. You know this verse. What does it say? It says, seek God first. It's an invitation to seek God first. And so I want to ask you this morning a penetrating question. Where is it that God is showing me that I need to be faithful? And maybe I need to ask the question of God, God, would you show me where I need to be faithful? And I believe if we ask God that question, he will answer that question for us. And maybe you say this morning, nope, you know what? I'm good. I am faithful in every area. If that's you, I want to meet you, Jesus. Because he's the only man that has ever been able to be faithful. For us as Christians, it's this constant pull toward faithfulness. And so would you this morning ask the Lord God, where do you want me to be faithful? Maybe, maybe the Lord is calling you to repent of a sin, something in your life that shouldn't be there. You know, we have this, this tendency when we sin to want to just keep it private and secret. And the reason for that is we feel guilt and shame because we know we shouldn't be doing it. Maybe there is a sin that you need to do twofold. You need to tell God, God, I'm sorry and repent of it. But you also need to confess that sin to someone else because here is what I have learned in my own life and listening to people. That as long as our sins remain private sins, we will struggle with those until Jesus comes back or we pass away. There's this power in confession that breaks the hold of sin in our lives and allows us to be triumphant, allows us to be victorious. Maybe you need to repent of a sin and confess a sin to somebody else that you might find healing in that area in your life. Maybe God is calling you to be faithful to forgive 
someone. Maybe you have let bitterness into your life and there's someone that's done something to you and the only person that's really hurting at this moment is you because you refuse to forgive and you've let bitterness take hold. Maybe God is calling you to be faithful to forgive. Maybe God is asking you to be faithful to mend a broken relationship. Maybe you're being stubborn because we can do that sometimes. Maybe you need to say those words that are so hard for us sometimes. I'm sorry. Would you be faithful to do that? Maybe God is calling you to be faithful to serve. You know, every Christian is in ministry to some degree. And, and God is calling us to be faithful to share our faith or to knuckle down in our church community and serve there. Would you be faithful to do that? Maybe perhaps God is just calling you to be faithful to this, this assembly itself, that it's a casual relationship that you have with church. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. I want to remind you that we want you here, that God wants you here. Are you faithful to church? And parents, do your kids see church as a priority? Are you faithful to model the importance of church? Or are you raising your kids to see church simply as a commodity, which is how much of the world views the church? It's here to serve me and my needs, when in fact, as a church, we are here to serve the people around us. Are you faithful to church? What about giving? Are you faithful to give to the Lord? Maybe God is calling you to be faithful in your marriage. Men, what are you looking at? Husbands and wives, are you serving one another? Are you dealing with problems at home as they arise? Are you being faithful to your marriage? Maybe you're here today this morning. And maybe you're mad at God for something. And I don't know what the heart of the issue is, but I can promise you this. Whatever you're angry at God for is not God's fault. He loves you. He came near to you. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Maybe this morning we need to go back to Bethlehem. And maybe there's an area in our lives that God is calling us to faithfulness. You would know what that would be for you. But what does the song say? Oh, come, let us adore him. Maybe this Christmas season, you need to be reminded to simply adore the Lord, to worship him, not just in a corporate setting, but in your own day-to-day -day private life, to worship the Lord, to give him your time, to make Christ not a priority, but the priority. Are you doing those things that foster a relationship with the Lord, are you adoring the creation or the creator himself? Could it be that we're joyless because we're trying to find joy in the wrong things when we're called to come and adore the Lord? Last this morning, church, if you're taking notes, our time is running out. I want you to see this connection, though, that faithfulness leads to joy and triumph. Faithfulness leads to joy and triumph. Now, I want us to think about this. How can we expect to live joyful lives in a broken world if we aren't faithful to be who God has called us to be? If we're not faithful to live as God has called us to live, if we're not faithful to think as God has called us to think, joy is going to be a challenge. And what about triumph, the idea of victory? How can we have victory over sin and circumstances and difficulty if we're not faithful to do what God has called us to do? If we're living in perpetual defeat, there's a good chance that it's because we have a faithfulness problem. 
in our lives. Maybe it's time to come back to Bethlehem where it's always Christmas. You know, for the Christian, Christmas is truly all year round because we have this message, this person of Jesus Christ who is faithful to us that bids us come and be faithful to him because he is always near, never leaves us or forsakes us. So the song says this, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we come before you once again thanking you for allowing us to be in your house, to be a part of this assembly, to be able to worship and enjoy life together, hopefully encourage one another, but to also do those difficult things of having environments, communities where we can confess our sins to one another. Lord, this morning, we are thankful that you came, that you reached into our world, that you took on human nature, that you walk and dwelt among us, that you lived a sinless life and that you gave your life on the cross, that we might come to you and have a relationship with you both now and forevermore. And so God, we're thankful that you came, that you gave your life. Lord, I pray that this morning that you would show us, where are you calling us to be faithful? What is the next step as a Christian that you're asking us to take? And Lord, I know a lot of those steps are scary because anytime growth is involved, it's a scary thing to do. Lord, we know you're able and we know you're faithful. And so wherever you're calling us to faithfulness, would you help us to be obedient and to respond? the way that you ask us to. Lord, we just pray for those that are having a difficult time this year, whether that's loneliness or struggle or hurting God. Pray that you would be near to us in those moments. Lord, we want you to know that we love you, that we praise you. We thank you for all that you do for us. All these things we pray in your name. Amen.